knock knock guess who it's the muslim next door welcome i am your host shifat and if you are new here welcome i hope you enjoy this episode and continue listening to me and continue joining me on this journey and if you are returning welcome back i hope you all had a great week since the last time i talked to you guys so i want to dedicate this episode to all the beautiful women out there and all the women who make our world go around Yesterday was International Women's Day, so today's podcast is going to be all about women, uh, more specifically about women in Islam. First thing I wanted to address is the misconception of women in Islam, and it comes from two different sides. So on one hand, we have, you know, people who don't know the religion, who are non-Muslim, who, you know, all they know about Islam is from the media and stems from Islamophobia and xenophobia. And there's also the side of Muslims within, you know, Islam who justify discrimination against women, you know, due to their cultural beliefs. You know, they mix culture and religion, which is not correct, and they excuse themselves and say, this is in my religion when it isn't. And so that's kind of the one big thing and something I wanted to address and something that I'll continue to address through this podcast. Quite contrary to what people believe, you know, people believe we're oppressed and we're this and we're that, and I'm going to break that all down in today's podcast. So a huge showing of how important uh, mothers are in Islam is when the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, had said that heaven lies under the feet of your mother. And so the idea of paradise being underneath your mother's feet is teaching us how to, you know, fulfill our creator's command and to also earn our place in paradise in the process. And it is what we're commanded to do is to serve our parents, to take care of them at an old age and show them mercy at their old age and to respect them. And so when there is this notion of paradise being underneath your mother's feet, you know, you are obliged to, you know, take care of her and to respect her and do everything you can to keep her happy and to take care of her. Because in doing so, like I said, you are, you know, earning your place in heaven and in the afterlife, you know, and it's, and motherhood being important isn't just because she's your mother. And it's not just because she, you know, carried you for nine months and gave birth to you and breastfed you and spent nights awake watching you to make sure you didn't, you know, die in your sleep because that's a mother's fear. Uh, but we mothers are also known as being the child's first madrasa, so the first the child's first school. You know, everything that a mother does, every word that comes out of her mouth, every action that she takes is the child's first kind of interaction with the world. And, and the love that they give their child is what will, you know, essentially mold this child. You know, they raise this child and they teach this child all the necessities and all the important things in life, it comes from your mother. So everything a child learns initially comes from their mother, whether it's the words they learn, the actions they learn, the thinking and the thoughts that they go through. Everything, you know, that a child is first met with is what their mother teaches them. And then comes the outside world. So, you know, that alone is such a huge importance is your mother is your teacher. She is your caregiver. She is someone who loves you and will take care of you. And, you know, another occasion where, you know, it shows the importance of your mother in Islam was when someone had asked uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who amongst the people is the most worthy of my good companionship? So he had asked the Prophet this question three times, and each time he said, your mother. And when he asked for the fourth time, the Prophet then said, your father. And this isn't, you know, some people are like, this is so unfair, but you need to look at it from women go through a lot when birthing a child and taking care of a child. So you can understand why a woman 
why a mother has, you know, a higher status than a father in this world. So seeing how a mother is treated in Islam is, you know, the first thing to look at. But then when you look at a marriage, so when a woman is, you know, given a marriage proposal, she has the right to reject it or accept it. And her approval is required. Without her approval, the marriage contract isn't complete. It is not valid. Uh, she can't be forced to marry anyone against her will. And if it does occur, which unfortunately does happen uh, because of cultural reasoning, and this is where what I previously mentioned, you know, culture and religion get mixed up with each other, it's wrong because it is the complete opposite of what Islam preaches. You know, in Islam, forced marriages are completely wrong and it is something that as Muslims we are completely against and unfortunately culture does play a factor in this um, in a lot of countries where forced marriages do happen you know and there's a lot of people who are like arranged marriage there's a difference between the two arranged is you know getting these two people together and saying hey I think you'd be great together talk works out arranged marriage forced marriage is when you do it against someone's will and so there's an assurance in Islam that this shouldn't be happening, and if it is, it is completely against the religion. And continuing on to the marriage aspect, you know, when a woman comes to divorce, she's allowed to in Islam if she's dissatisfied with the marriage and if there's issues with the marriage, you know, because marriage in Islam is based on mutual compassion and love and peace. And so if that isn't included in the marriage, you know, a woman has the right to divorce. And so there is also an assurance for a woman who does get divorced that she isn't kind of left with nothing you know when a woman is initially getting married there is what you could call I guess a financial gift or um, financial insurance so a dowry is what we call it uh, from her husband and so it's something that is just for her and no one else is allowed to touch so a lot of people put up money put up a house put up um, a ring as a dowry for the woman and it just depends on what they agree to and so in the case of a divorce she has the right to you know take what was put in the dowry and she also has the right to keep whatever she owned before the divorce and anything she personally earned after marriage uh, so that all stays with her and the former husband doesn't have any right to any of her belongings whatsoever and so this ensures that women have that financial security that they need after a divorce and to be able to support themselves in the case of a divorce which is really important and you know going back to that point that I made that you know she uh, has the right to keep everything that she owned before the divorce and after and anything she earned after the marriage uh, takes me into how women uh, in Islam are not obligated to earn or spend any money on housing on food on any kind of general expense that isn't for herself you know when she's married she, the husband must fully support her financially and if she isn't married it's the closest male relative to her which could be father, uncle, brother, whichever it is. And she also has the right to work and to spend that money however she wishes because it is her money. She has no obligation to spend it on her husband or share it with her husband or any other family member. But women tend to choose to just because they're so nice. Uh, and so, you know, I'm going to delve into this when I talk about Khadija, the first wife of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who had supported um, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, financially during that time and so you know that's another important aspect so women you know are taken care of and in islam and if you're following islam properly you will not mistreat a woman a woman will not be mistreated and she will not be un be treated unfairly because islam is just and there is equality you know and so what 
Islam teaches us about gender equality is that, you know, the Quran talks about how Adam and Eve were created from the same soul, both equally guilty, equally responsible, and equally valued. So uh, as Muslims, we're all born pure, men and women, and we have to strive to continue this purity through our faith. Uh, and as well as our intentions and good deeds. And so equality kind of stems through a lot of Islamic teachings. And so an important verse, you know, is the men believers and the women believers are responsible for each other. They enjoin and the good and forbid the evil. They observe prayers and give charitable aims and obey God and his prophet. And so it shows us that, you know, men and women have equal responsibility for observing uh, Islam. And another verse kind of lays the status of women and uh, men as equals, which states to whoever, male or female, does good deeds and has faith, we shall give a good life and reward them according to the best of their actions. There's nothing that differs women and men from each other in the Quran when it comes to their religion. You know, you both have to equally believe. You both have to equally prove yourself and continue to follow your faith and preach your faith equally. So everyone is equal in Islam. And so based on your actions, it begins to differ. But it doesn't matter when you are born. If you're a man or a woman, you are starting at the same starting line. So I've talked about all this and how women are treated in Islam. And I think the biggest thing, going back to my very first point where I talked about people uh, having this misconception of how women are treated, a lot of people think we're oppressed and that is because of the way we are dressed. Now, as a Muslim woman, you are required to wear the hijab and required to be modest, to wear long clothing, to not wear anything tight, uh, and to preserve your modesty. So a lot of people think this is us being oppressed. So women in Islam, we are liberated from being objectified by society around us. And so, you know, this modest appearance and, you know, covering ourselves kind of takes away people's ability to kind of just look at us for our looks, but more focus more on our personality and our character and have a deeper appreciation for who we are as, you know, a, a human, as a person. And so, you know, as Muslims, we follow that and we are modest and we cover ourselves from head to toe. But the hijab is obligated in Islam. And so, you know, being modest and having this modesty isn't oppression. It isn't us not being allowed to go out and show our bodies. It is protecting us, like I said, from being objectified. And so, you know, a message to people and something that I always say is we're not oppressed. We don't need saving. Uh, we are happy with the way that we are, you know. I know there are some women who in certain countries are forced to wear the hijab, which is unfortunate. And I'm completely against because wearing the hijab, yes, it is something that, you know, in the Quran is said is fard, so it's obligated. But I don't think a woman should be forced to wear it when she's not ready to wear it because her wearing it when she's not ready to wear it can lead to her taking it off in a later time in her life and causing her to start hating the hijab. And I've talked about the hijab before in previous episodes. And it's something that's super important to me because I get really upset when I see someone take off their hijab because I know the weight of it and I know what they're losing from it. And it's unfortunate to see you know them take it off and to lose that part of their faith. And to see, you know, how they've changed. Because I know a lot of girls who've taken it off who've, you know, say they they started to hate it because of the way people were treating them or the way people were talking to them because they thought their hijab wasn't good enough. You know, no one is a good enough Muslim. And that's kind of what I want women to understand. No one's perfect. And so you have no right to sit there and judge someone uh, about their struggle or their journey. And so now I can go on and on about the hijab. 
but you know my biggest message is we're not oppressed and you know especially living here in the west yes there are girls who are sometimes forced but at the end of the day when it comes to reality as someone who's raised in the west we usually have more options and more choices than unfortunately some women in the middle east and you know a lot of people bring up the point of they're forced to wear in this country and argue and they think that's islam but once again you know, going back to the whole culture thing, that is not Islam. You know, the way that they're running their countries is based off culture and it's based off what they believe. You know, a lot of the times when they're forcing these women to wear the hijab in these countries, they don't even themselves understand what the hijab is for and what it means. They just want you to wear it so you can cover yourself and oppress you. That's the reality of it. But in Islam, wearing the hijab is not to oppress you. In fact, more to free you from society and the pressures of society and having to meet these beauty standards that are impossible to meet. And I'm glad for that. You know, I don't have to sit and worry about my hair and having a bad hair day. I do have bad hijab days. But once again, you know, you can see the importance of women there. You know, God loved women so much that he didn't want them to be objectified and to be mistreated in society and to be looked at as just someone who's pretty. You know, he wanted people to see us as humans and to appreciate our character and our personality and who we really are from the inside and not just from the outside. So if you can't understand that and appreciate that, then clearly there's something wrong with you because I think that's truly amazing and I think that's a beautiful thing. And it just makes me appreciate some more and appreciate the hijab more. But other than going on my little hijab rant, I wanted to bring up some important, you know, Muslim figures throughout history who, you know, were very important in the initial spreading of Islam. And everyone knows probably where this is going if you uh, follow the teachings of Islam. But I wanted to talk about Khadija, the first wife of the Prophet uh, Muhammad, peace be upon him. And, you know, she was known to be a very kind and intelligent and wealthy woman. And she was someone who people really appreciated. And before marrying the prophet and, you know, becoming, you know, a great companion to him, she was well off. She was a wealthy businesswoman who was doing her thing. She was taking charge and, you know, being amazing which is so cool and she actually met the prophet when she was 40 years old and he was 25 you know there's that that's a 15 year age gap and she's older than him nowadays that is rare to see <laughs> um but she you know met the prophet you know she had hired him for work and she met him and she saw just how great of a man he was and how honest and humble he was and so she found that he was a great person to spend the rest of her life with so she was the one who actually proposed marriage which once again does not happen these days which is pretty cool and so she proposed marriage he accepted it and you know they were together for about 25 years and you know 15 years into their marriage you know is when the prophet you know had the angel Jibreel come down and you know start teaching him about Islam and telling him to spread the word. Uh, and the first person the prophet went to was his wife, Khadija. And she, without a doubt, believed him right away and was like, you're not crazy. <laughs> I believe you. And, you know, she she was an educated woman and she, and she, you know, financially supported him. So he would be able to go preach full time uh, and spread the word of Islam. And, you know, I had mentioned previously how women are, aren't obligated to do that in Islam. But because of her pure, kind heart, 
she did that. And for her love for Islam and her unwavering faith, she financially supported him, you know, to the point where she, you know, ran dry. And she did not mind it one bit, you know, and she had this love for not just the Prophet, but for Islam until the day she died. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. And I love the story of Khadija and I love the story of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and Khadija and just everything that they went through. And I truly appreciate it because I think, you know, we always say behind every strong man is a stronger woman. And this is a huge example of that. You know, Prophet was a very strong and brave and intelligent man. But, you know, behind him, he had an even more intelligent, even braver, you know, woman who had helped him, you know, succeed in what he was doing. And I think we can all learn from that as an example, as supporting each other and appreciating each other and appreciating the woman in your life. Because having someone who can stand by your side like that and have this unwavering faith in you and in your religion is absolutely beautiful and I think you know we have to take a moment and appreciate those who do support us and usually those are our mothers and our wives and our sisters who are doing all the supporting and you know there's a lot of things in my life I couldn't have done without the support of my mother and I know there's a lot of things my father couldn't have done without the support of my mother and so I think we should all just take a moment to appreciate our mothers and thank them for everything we, they've done. And if you're married, to thank your wife for everything she's done. Because women, women do sacrifice a lot for other people, whether it's through motherhood, through marriage, through friendships. You know, women are always sacrificing. So take a moment, appreciate them. Other than Khadija, I also wanted to talk about Aisha, who was also, you know, the wife to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. She was, I believe, the third wife. And he married her young. And he married her because it came to him in a dream where, you know, the angel was saying, uncover her, this is your wife. And he did, and it was Aisha. And he took in Aisha and he took care of her. And Aisha played a role before his death and after his death you know before his death a lot of people went to her for marital advice and she'd go to the, to the prophet and be like this is what's happening can you kind of assist with this and he would go around and say you know a woman can't be forced she has to be willing to be married and after he uh, passed away she also you know was very vocal and she was very public about islam and the knowledge that she had from islam and she was spreading that as well and during that time you know during there was a they went through a rough time where you know it wasn't expected for women to speak to be out of the house doing much of anything other than being a good housewife but Aisha was out doing public speeches and preaching and you know sharing Islam and she didn't let anyone stop her and she also you know helped with wars and battles and she was a part of that which I think is pretty badass so she was an integral part in also spreading Islam and it's important to remember those people when we're talking about Islam and about spreading Islam and talking about the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him because his success and his you know ability to do what he did wouldn't have been able to be possible you know without the woman that he had around him and I think the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him knew that and he appreciated the woman around him and he taught you know people to appreciate women I also wanted to talk about the woman in my life who played a huge part you know I've already talked about my mother who you know supports me no matter what who shows me love no matter what no matter what mistakes I make and no matter what stupid things I do she's always got my back and I think 
you know, I may not show her that. <laughs> I may not show her my appreciation as much. And I think this is a reminder for you as much as myself that, you know, go thank your mother, go appreciate your mother, not just on International Women's Day, but on every day. Show your mother how much you love her because it's truly important and you are not guaranteed tomorrow. And so tell your mother you love her. And after my mother, you know, come my sisters who I fight with a lot, but who doesn't fight with their siblings? But my sisters who are all three on different journeys and who are going through different things, you know, I commend them for everything that they're going through and I commend them with the way that they're dealing with everything. And I appreciate having them in my life and I love having them in my life. It's like having friends and sisters and one and it's a great deal. <laughs> and I also want to talk about my best friend who has stood by me through a lot, who has, you know, handled a lot of my problems and who has listened to me then and has listened to me cry and was there for me when I needed her most. And she knows who she is. Uh, and I also wanted to talk about my aunts and my cousins who, you know, are always there for me and who always stand by me when I need them and who are always there for me when I want to video chat with them when I'm bored to talk or to play cards over an app. You know, I appreciate them and I love them. And without all these women in my life, you know, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And they've played a huge part in who I am. And I really do appreciate that. And I think we as people tend to get busy with life and we forget to appreciate those around us. And when it comes to showing that appreciation, I think some of us have a bit of trouble doing that. So I think we need to take a moment, humble ourselves and remind ourselves of how we got here and, you know, admit to ourselves that women play a big part in it. And, you know, I, you might think I'm biased because I'm a woman myself, but I can tell you the people who I've needed the most in my life have been women and the people who've stood by me are women, you know, and they're pretty great. <laughs> We're pretty great. And if you are a guy listening to this, I want you to know that we do appreciate you as well. We appreciate everything you do for us. You know, it's not just a one-way thing where, you know, only appreciate women, but appreciate the men in your life too. But, you know, it's International Women's Day, so we're just going to focus on women. You know, we deserve it. <laughs> we deserve the attention and the love. But it was pretty cool to see everyone sharing, you know, on Instagram, the people who meant the most to them. And, you know, I did a poll on my story asking people who was important to them, and everyone was saying their mother, <laughs> which was no surprise to me. You know, I think, you know, I've talked a lot about our mothers in this episode and, you know, they're just, they're really important. And I can keep saying this all day and all night long, but mothers are angels. They are amazing and everything that they go through and handle is pretty superhero-like. And I hope as we continue through 2021 and continue through life that we get rid of this cultural aspect of woman needing to be silent, woman not working, woman not going for an education, woman not being able to do what they need to do, woman being forced into marriages, woman not being allowed to divorce when they're in an unhappy or abusive relationship. I hope that we can all continue to learn and grow and understand that you need to appreciate those around you and appreciate the woman around you because they won't always be there and they play an integral part in who you are. And so I hope people can learn to appreciate the woman in their life and not hurt the woman in their life, whether it comes to emotional or physical abuse. 
it's heartbreaking to see the statistics of, you know, domestic abuse and woman abuse. And I hope that as we go further into 2021 and in life that we continue to learn and better ourselves and to look out for each other and when someone is in trouble to put a hand out and help them you know and I don't mean to get too dark on today's episode but it's an important matter to talk about you know woman abuse is something that is very worldwide and it happens in every country it happens in every culture and it happens unfortunately in people who claim they are religious so I think we need to be vigilant about that and to, you know, put out a helping hand and to help those when they need the help. But on to a brighter note, I just wanted to say thank you to all the beautiful women out there who are doing amazing work, whether it's in the medical field, whether it's in the political field, whether it's in the IT field, you know, whatever field it is. I just want to thank all the amazing women who are doing their job and who are bettering the world that we live in today. So I think I'm going to end off the podcast here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did enjoy it, please share this with your family and friends and leave me nice reviews. (laughs) Uh, And if you want to discuss, you know, this topic more and or share with me who's important in your life, you can message me at Muslim Next Door Podcast on Instagram. Or if you want to give me a topic to talk about, or is there's something you want me to discuss, something you want my opinion on, and you want me to address on the podcast, I would love to do so, and I'm so open to that. So go to the Instagram and shoot me those messages. Uh, but other than that, I hope everyone has a great rest of their week, and I will talk to you guys next week. So stay safe, stay healthy, stay six feet apart, and don't miss your prayers. Bye.